Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Uh, do you mind? We're uh, we're playing through. Here's Froggy and Wacker. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Playing Through podcast. It's Froggy from Elvis Duran, the Morning Show. You can get us on social media anytime at Playing Through Podcast on Instagram, at Play Through Golf on Twitter. I am on both at Froggy Radio, and you can reach my co-host uh, from Golf Digest, Brian Wacker. He is at. Brian Wacker one. We have had a very, very busy couple of weeks in the golf world. And of course, we've got a big week going on this week. So Wacker, where do you want to start? Why don't we start with uh, your backyard now, TPC Sawgrass. Yes. Uh, home of the Players' Championship this week. I know you're super, super pumped about that. It is a big week, but you're right. There's so much going on right now. You got Tiger Woods not here this week. Of course, questions about his back. Uh, we have Rory McIlroy, defending champion this week, coming off a uh, another top five uh, finish, but uh, a, a disappointing one, obviously, at Bay yeah. Hill and what happened there in the final round. Brooks Kepka, we don't know sort of the state of his golf game right now. Granted, it's a small sample size, but he obviously hasn't exactly been on point of late. Uh, coronavirus, even that's a, a topic of conversation. Uh, we've seen it impacting other sports potentially um, in other events. Um, we talked about this last night at, at Dinner Foggy. Uh, Coachella uh, now getting pushed back. They've yep. um, canceled Ultra Music Festival in, in South by Southwest. So we've seen uh, as you mentioned, there's a lot going on here, both on the golf course and off it. But uh, the first real big event of the year this week. Yeah, so here we go. Some people like to refer to it as the fifth major. Uh, but what's really missing this week? And listen, it's going to be a it, it, it's going to be a great event. Huge field. Uh, weather's going to be absolutely perfect. Hopefully, the wind won't blow as hard as it blew at the Honda and as it blew at the uh, Arnold Palmer, uh, sponsored by Mastercard, because it really really wreaked havoc on the players so hopefully we'll get some good play this week but the big story coming out of tpc sawgrass this week is no tiger woods and i think we all thought after the genesis when he didn't play mexico he was just you know kind of gearing up he had said he wanted to have the same ramp up this year that he had last year and then it worked well and last year he skipped the arnold palmer he skipped mexico but he did play the players this year we're not getting the players what do you make of this is there more than what we're getting because as you you know we only get what they want us to know yeah we really don't know i mean look his agent says um 
that really the back's just not quite ready for this week. But who knows? Because in the past, as we've seen, we've heard comments like that. And then Tiger goes off and has surgery. So, um, you know, you really hope that that's not the case with the Masters just a month away. But look, I, I think we do have to take a step back, right? Because if you go back to last year, Tiger talked about it. He said, look, I'm going to play less going forward. Um, and we only saw him, um, I don't know, 14 starts last year, I think, something like that. So, um, you know, this is the new normal. Right? Are you alarmed? I mean, are, 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 are you I, I am, yeah. Sir, I, I am alarmed from the standpoint of I am a little surprised he did not play this event because, look, it's a big, big tournament. He's won here twice. Um, and, and one of those was recent. So the weather should be good. Not a problem there. You figured... Um, his back wouldn't tighten up here, but who knows? We, we just don't know what's going on. So I look, if he doesn't play until the masters, I mean, yeah, that that's a little bit of a concern. Right. At so this that's point my next question to you. So yeah. my next question is what are the chances if you were to lay odds, mm. is there a 50, 50 chance we see him at the Valspar because that's the only stroke play event he would really mm. play. I know that we've got uh, after the players, we've got the Valspar in Tampa. Then we've got match play. Then you've got Valero and the Masters. He does not, he has not, and throughout his career, does not normally play the week before because he wants to right. use that to get ready. So we'll strike out Valero. So the only stroke play event left would be the Valspar, which, yes, he did play in 2018. He did finish second. So you do have that going for you. Or the match play could mean a lot of golf in a short amount of time. So do you see him playing either one of those? Boy, I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I would think he would play at least one between now and Augusta because... But not both. Um, but no, sir, I, I would be shocked if it was both because, look, that would be back-to-back weeks. Um, I don't think we see that. I think we see him play either Tampa, uh, which still seems unlikely to me. Right. I think that was a one-off situation. You know, match play, sure, it could be a lot of golf or it could just be three rounds of golf and that's it if he doesn't advance so um i'll be cur- very curious to see how it goes look bottom line is at the end of the day at this point in his career all that matter are major championships and really augusta national and the masters is really all that matters um because that's a golf course as we've seen uh, throughout his career he knows extremely well can win there um winning there of course last year his first win there since 2005 so look he spent a incredible amount of time last year preparing for the masters that was the focus everything he did leading up to the masters was to prepare for the masters so clearly i think that's the case here that said, we still don't know the state of his back. And when you're 44 years old and have a fused back, uh, there are no guarantees. So who knows what's going on with him medically yeah, right I now? Mean, we- being a Tiger Woods fan has really become a roller coaster ride. I mean, I remember the we didn't know if he was going to play. Then last year we got all hyped up when he won the Masters, and then the rest mm-hmm. of the year was was very slow when we found out later on that he had had a knee procedure that we never even really knew about. And then the Zozo comes, and he lights it up at the Zozo and then goes to the President's Cup and plays really well, but has that one day he sits out and, I mean, was the best player, arguably, at the President's Cup. And then this year you're so ready for the year, and he shows up at the Genesis, and after nine holes he's tied for second and he's on a run. 
and then he ends up finishing last of those who made the cut. And then now here we are. It's it, it's almost like you can't ever get the train out of the station and going full steam ahead because you don't know what's coming. So I'm not really sure what to expect. I still do what? have high hopes for Augusta. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. What the, is that like? Like for you as a fan because I come at it from a little bit different perspective look we're all fans of Tiger Woods we're all fans of greatness but I come at it from a little bit different perspective what is that like when you because I I don't know I'm not sure I know a bigger Tiger fan than you Frog so what is is it frustrating is it do do you just get amped up every time he does play do you worry what would What's your viewpoint from the couch? I don't know what to expect, and that's the thing. It's like, for example, he comes out of the gate at Genesis, and after nine holes, he's he's tie, uh, t- t2. He's tied for second. I'm like, oh, we're on. Like, we're, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna here make we go. another right. run here at at a, at a at a place at Riviera Country Club where he has not generally played well. I'm like, up oh, here we go. He's figured this out. He's striking well, and then all of a sudden. I mean, it became weird. He was four-putting from, like, 12 feet. I mean, it was – and to me, four-putting from 12 feet is not a guy who's injured. That's a guy that just seems like he almost just didn't care. It seemed very lackadaisical. Um, The ball striking was not terrible. It was just almost like non-care. I I don't really know what to expect. However, I will say I do think – and it sounds cliche. There's something about driving down Magnolia Lane that that just does something for him. And so, I do hope that the Masters will see it. I would like to see him play at least once. To use a Tiger term, I would like him to get some reps uh, between now and Augusta. But nobody knows Tiger's body better than he does. And like we said earlier when we started talking about this, I don't even know that we really know everything that's going on. I know that we know what we've been told and what they want us to know. Well, let's talk about who is here because Rory McIlroy comes in on this unbelievable run of top five. Speaking of Tiger Woods, we haven't seen a run of of top five finishes like this since the prime of his career, really. And what do you make? Everybody says he's struggling. Well, that's yeah. So it's of course he's on this unbelievable run, but to your point, he's not winning titles. He's not closing out those opportunities, which of course look. It's unfair to compare him to Tiger, which I think we all sort of do uh, knowingly or, or even subconsciously. Um, anytime, any really anytime any of these guys is leading a tournament, any of these top players, be it Rory, be it Justin Thomas. Um, but, it, you know, I actually just talked to Justin Thomas a little while ago about this, came up. And look, it's, it's hard to close it out. I mean, even when you're in that position, you know, most guys – are lucky if they close it out 10, 15% of the time, um, you know, and that, and that's kind of where we're at with Rory, but what do you, what's your expectation for him this week? You know, I, I think it is tough to defend number one. I think it's always yeah. hard to defend when you won last year. I think you start, I mean, you, you, you know, as a, if you play golf regularly and let's say you go to the golf course one day and you start out, you birdie the first hole, you part of the second hole, you birdie the third hole. You're like, Oh, I'm two under through three. And then the next day you go play again. And the next time you play, you're comparing yourself self to last time and so I think it's a little difficult to defend number one but number two Mm. um, last week 
if if you watched any of that golf tournament last week, the the Arnold Palmer, that golf course ate up everybody. It didn't just eat up Roy McIlroy and everybody else is playing great. As, as, as many, quote, blow-up holes as he had or the two stretches that he had on Saturday and Sunday, he still finished top five. Um, I know at the Honda that he had a chance to close it out and did not close it out there either. But e- either way, um, I think Rory's going to be in the mix this week. I just think this golf course is hard. I've played it. I've lived in Jacksonville now a year, and I've played the golf course, I think, six times in a year. And, and I'm not comparing myself to Roy McIlroy. Trust me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not doing that. But what I'm saying is I know how hard this golf course is, and I know if you're out of position that it can really bite you in the ass. And so um, it'll be difficult to defend, but I do think Roy will have a good week. I, I just I'm, I'm not exactly sure that he'll be able to pull off a second win. But with that being said, this golf course cannot be overpowered. I, I know he hits it a long ways. I know Brooks hits it a long ways. DJ hits it a long ways. Go back and look at the guys that win this golf course. It's not generally your bombers. It's guys who are very good ball strikers. Rory is a good ball striker, which gives him a chance, but I think it gives other guys a chance as well. Is it disappointing if he finishes, let's say, top 10 even? Is, is that a disappointment or is that just gone? Because here's the thing. I, I think we, we so again, we get wrapped up in this. As soon as a guy gets in contention, i.e. a Rory, we're like, here we go. You know, he right, he's supposed to win. Out. Right. He's supposed to win. He's supposed to close it out. So let's just say he's in the in contention again on Sunday, but ends up finishing fifth, tenth, you know, eighth. Um, yes. You know, yes. is that is that disappointing? Yes, because you use the words in contention mm-hmm. on Sunday. So mm-hmm. if he if he's not in contention and he finishes, you know, top ten, that's fine. But if he's got, you know, let's be honest, at the at the Arnold Palmer, uh I think it was on the fourth hole. He tied the lead. Um, If he's in contention on Sunday and then goes backwards, say on that closing stretch, 16, 17, 18, doesn't birdie 16 or, or, you know, hits one in the water on 17 or doesn't play 18 well. Yeah. I think it is a disappointment if he's, if he's in contention and doesn't close the deal. I don't, I don't think it makes him a a choker or makes it somebody who can't close the deal, but I think it is a little bit of a disappointment. And I think Roy would just would agree and that he wants to win this golf tournament. Nobody has, uh, I don't, I don't know about ever, but nobody since it's been here at TPC has, uh, repeat, has, has there been a back-to-back repeat champion? Right. We, we've rarely seen that here um, in the history of the event, period. So, um, But it is fascinating to me. You, you go back to some of this. You mentioned Bay Hill. Uh, Mexico had a chance to win there as well. So it's fascinating to me when these guys are in position and I, and I think we just, this is the, we're, I think we're just all victims of Tiger Woods here. Really. This is like Tiger Woods syndrome to right. me where these guys be it Rory again, be it Justin Thomas, John Rahm, whoever it is uh, among those, the, the sort of upper echelon of player Brooks Kepka, um, you know, when they, when they don't do it, it, it's like they're, choking or they're now look I, I do think there's Rory does have a little bit of a history when you're continuously in those positions going into the last day and you don't get it done in the final day now look some days you mentioned Bay Hill I mean that was playing extremely difficult nobody played well right Rory didn't play horrendously but didn't play well enough obviously to win um, there are other times in the year where he'll simply make mental mistakes or a player will make a mistake. Um, you know, then there are times when he gets outplayed. So 
it's it's interesting to me that when a guy like Arori is in contention but doesn't get it done, you know, what effect does that have on them? Do they feel like, does that start to grate on them or wear on them? Um, you know, Justin Thomas, we've seen him kind of get upset with himself a few times. He's had a really wild year of sort of one, of course, right out of the out of the box in, uh, in Maui, then misses the cut at Sony in, in tough, windy conditions, kind of really out-of-character conditions um, for what we saw there. And then, you know, we've seen him contend since, and then we've seen him miss the cut. So it's it's just fascinating to me. This, this is why one of the things that makes golf so interesting is, you know, you watch LeBron or the Lakers, and they get a lead, and, you, and they close it out right where golf it's it's really rare when guys close it out yeah it is and that's the thing is that i think a lot of times today's players are compared to we watched you know tiger and his closing stretch mm. where you know for so he, long yeah right and so we they're being compared to that and that's what we expect and so that's probably not a fair comparison now it brings me to a next name that we've brought up two or three times now in Brooks Kepka is Brooks mm. I think Brooks by his own admission is somewhat struggling a little bit I've seen him on the range <laughs> after rounds I know did you he, see his quote did you see his quote after uh, on Sunday <laughs> yeah I know he said he basically doesn't give a shit but I mean I mean I just no no he said he played like shit right yeah. he, and, and, and he and he did so yeah. I've seen him on the range after rounds and working with his coach and, and trying to get it straightened out what do you make of this is this is this rust off the knee procedure and lack of playing or because let's be honest Brooks Kepka for the greater portion of two years made golf look ridiculously easy I mean ridiculous I mean uh, almost aloof like he didn't care like he wasn't trying and he would show up at a regular event and not play well and you think oh well maybe it's a you know a little bit of a slump and then he'd show up at a major and just blow the doors off the place and he made golf look ridiculously easy and 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 he had the whole it's fashion bro it's just golf bro like I mean none of it really mattered but it appears there appears to be a little bit of a struggle going on now what do you make of this well, yeah, clearly he's not happy with where his game is at at the moment. Um, you know, sometimes it's been there's been a day where it's been putting, there's been days where it's been the ball striking. Um, you know, it wouldn't shock me. Um, you know, if if we heard that he was working on some things with his game, and and we'll get a chance to talk to him this week, but um, to find out exactly what he's working on. But I I, I do love the sort of matter of fact bluntness. Uh, that he he takes in that you know on Sunday uh, at Bay Hill, basically it was um, you know I'm playing like shit, and um, you know they said, look, I, I don't think you can say that on the podium. You know, like, he said, find whatever, me then. find me. Yeah, that's great, right? Like I just love the just don't give a shit sort of nonchalance um, bluntness with which he approaches it, but. Also, I do think there's something to look. This is does he care if he wins the Honda Classic? Sure, he wants to win the event he's playing, and of course, I think he takes that to every tournament he plays. But is it is he going to lose sleep over it? Probably not. No, um, it's all about major championships. We've seen him peak, we've heard his coach talk about this. Um, him peaking for the majors, those are what really matter at the end of the day to him, and then everything else is secondary. So, um I don't think Brooks is concerned about it at the moment. Now, look, if he comes out this week and doesn't play well, I think, yeah, 
that would be something to keep an eye on. But again, this goes back to the Tiger syndrome. This goes back to expecting these guys, uh, the top players, to play well every time they tee it up or every win every time they're in contention. And that just doesn't happen in golf. It just no. there are, you know, Tiger is a rare breed in that, and he would win, say, you know, 25, 30% clip at the prime of his career during a season. And we just don't see that from other guys. Be it, Even if a guy does do it in a particular year, even if Brooks, or we saw it with Jordan Spieth, or we've seen it with Rory McIlroy, or we've seen it with Jason Day, you know, that's just not sustainable. You just don't see guys. I mean, think how far off Jordan Spieth is right now from where he was five years ago. Unbelievable. I know, I know it breaks your heart, by the way. But, oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I know you're crushed over that. I am. Which, which I can't figure out why you have all this Jordan Spieth hate. But, <laughs> but look, he, he, is, he is almost lost right now with his game. Um, so to me, it's, it, it, it's fascinating in that I think we just get wrapped up in this guy should win, this guy should win, this guy should win. You know, what's wrong with Brooks? when he's only had a handful of rounds. I think this is just golf. Um, the fascinating to me, thing to me is this, to see when it changes, how it changes. And and look, I think Brooks will be just fine, but um, it, it will be curious to see how, I will be curious to see how he plays this week because again, this is a place he should play well at. And of course the Masters a month away, that's another place that he should play well at. Yeah, I mean, I'm not willing to say it's a slump yet until... Right. Um, until he does go to a major championship, and at that major championship, he struggles. Then at yeah. that point, I'm willing to go, okay, we've got a problem. Right now, I'm not sure if it's just Brooks just doesn't care, and he's not really he, – he's or or is he just prepping for Augusta, and that's why we are where we are now anyways. Yeah, and I think that's fair. I mean, I think you look at Jordan Spieth, again, that would be considered a slump. We've had this prolonged stretch where he hasn't played well. Uh, he hasn't won. Um, he's had some really down stretches during that time. He's playing a little bit better these days than he was, say, a year ago. But um, again, that would be considered a slump. Again, not really fair to compare everything he does to 2015 because, again, that was a historical season. And that's just not sustainable. So um, it's fascinating to watch. And then and that sort of circles back to Rory. I mean, look, this, this is a guy who has said he'd rather finish, you know, top five every week uh, and be in position to win and maybe not win than win and miss a bunch of cuts. Because right. obviously if you miss the cut, you can't, you have no chance of winning. So uh, I get it from that perspective, but at the same time, it, it's this weird balance because to me, it's, a, it's all about winning. So, um, you know, but circling back and, and bringing back to Rory and the fact that he's putting himself in these positions every week is, is remarkable. Um, and then you've got a guy like Brooks who clearly is off his game at the moment. But would anyone really be surprised if he turned up and won this week? No. I mean, no. No, not so. at all. And that's the thing. The thing is, uh, the noise of people saying what's wrong with Brooks, I think it drives Brooks. I, I don't think he worries mm. about what people think. Which brings me to another guy who I don't really think he gives a shit what people think. And it, I think he thrives off of it is, is, is Patrick Reed. 
and amazing, and, isn't it? And, and I mean, for example, <laughs> we'll go back to say so he wins in Mexico during that same week. Brooks makes the harsh comments about sandcastles, and he knew what he was doing. And <laughs> and and um, Peter Costas says he quote witnessed him cheat that he had a lie that was terrible, and he patted it down at least on two different occasions. He gave very good uh, explanations of it. I mean, and here's the guy now, and Patrick Reed, and this is a pretty amazing stat when you think about this. Patrick Reed has eight wins on the PGA Tour. Do you know that that is currently one more than Brooks Kepka, two more than Webb Simpson, three more wins than Ricky Fowler, four more wins than Gary Woodland, five more than Paul Casey, six more than Lee Westwood, and seven more wins than Tony Finau, Patrick great Reed, stop. and yeah. the guy does not care. He performs every week, no matter what noise is going on around him. And, and to your point, I think there is something in him that relishes all that controversy, that relishes sort of being the guy in the black hat, being yeah. the bad guy. And look, he he'll care. tell you um, that... He doesn't view himself that way, but I think deep down, you know, I think there is part of him that has this chip on his shoulder, and it's been there for a long time because of everything that's been said about him dating back to his college days. Um, You know, that he's this enigmatic figure that thrives in controversy. And it's remarkable to me from that standpoint that no matter what happens, no matter who says what, I mean, we saw in Mexico, to your point, that was, it, it was like he was living in some alternate universe. No, um, if you remember in Mexico, he didn't back him, into that. So, he didn't back into that win in Mexico. He went out and made a ton of birdies on the closing nine holes to take that victory yep. away. And none of the noise bothers him. He just plays through it as if it doesn't happen. And then when it's brought up, he blows it off like it's no big deal. It's really incredible. And here's a fun tidbit, by the way, for our listeners. Uh, Patrick will be in the interview room this week at TPC Sawgrass on Wednesday at, I believe, 2 p.m. And immediately following him, the next guy on the lineup card is, drumroll, Brooks Kepka. Yes! So that, that, could be, that could be a fun little moment as one exits and the other enters. Right. I think that could be a very, uh, that could be an entertaining moment. Of course, we'll probably get nothing out of it, but uh, it will be fascinating to see how that plays out because, uh, as you mentioned, Patrick was well aware that I was there in Mexico a few weeks ago. He was well aware of what Brooks said, um, didn't seem to care much, um, hasn't really distracted him a whole lot. I mean, he admitted sort of that the noise, you know, there is a lot of noise and he's aware of it and it maybe does get to him a little bit, but if anything, it doesn't seem to, it seems to push his golf even, um, even further. So, um, it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out on Wednesday afternoon here at, at TPC. Yeah. So speaking of, uh, this week's tournament at TPC Sawgrass yesterday on Twitter, there was a rumor that uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure how much validity there is. I know that there is some investigation going on into this year's PGA Championship is scheduled to be held in Harding Park, uh, San Francisco. And yesterday there was a tweet that went out 
that said that they were investigating the possibility because of all the cancellations, like you had said earlier, South by Southwest and Austin was canceled. Ultra Music Fest in Miami, Kyocho in Miami. Uh, Tortuga Music Festival in Fort Lauderdale. They have not made a decision yet on that. Uh, Coachella was moved to October. There's lots of things being moved. And so they're saying that if San Francisco and California come to the tour and say, hey, or to the PGA of America and say, hey, you can't hold your event here because we don't want a mass amount of crowd, or if you do hold it here, you can't have fans. There is some talk of moving the PGA Championship to TPC Sawgrass here in Ponte Vedra. Have you heard any more on that? Do you think this is a big possibility? Where do you think it's headed? Well, I did reach out to a source when that came out, somebody who would be privy to those conversations, and yes, it in fact is being discussed, the potential of moving PGA Championship to TPC Sawgrass, which uh, is uh, a, a funny little side note to that would be then finally a, a major would be held. Uh, that would end the fifth major debate because right. uh, a, a major would finally be held at TPC Sawgrass. But yes, I do think this is a possibility uh, that they would move it from Harding Park in San Francisco to TPC Sawgrass. One of the reasons being that if they did need to move the event, uh, they would be able to do so because the infrastructure uh, is in place here at Sawgrass to hold it. It obviously is can hold a major championship. Um, you know, it's it, it has all the infrastructure in place to be able to handle crowds, etc. Um, and there's a bit of a partnership between the PGA Tour and PGA of America. How would they uh, change have, the golf course? So they, they would obviously have to make it. Uh, I'm guessing harder than what it's going to yeah, play this well, week, as, I, as, you know, I as mean, if that's and, needed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the other end of it, right? This this tournament, the Players Championship, has been held in May before, so they would know how to go about setting up the golf course to be able to do that. So I think we would see very similar to what we saw uh, for 10 years when this event was played in May, and that was a sort of burnt out, hard, fast golf course. Um, so it'd be it'd be fascinating. Now, look, I think we're Still a little ways from that decision being made. Uh, another potential could be Valhalla, which is owned by the PGA of America. It's held Ryder Cups before, so forth. It's got the infrastructure there where they could put that together quickly enough uh, to be able to move it there in, in Kentucky. Um, but again, I, I think we're a little ways away from getting to that point. But again, it's you, you, you know you've got to come. You're up. talking May. No. You're talking May 14th. I mean, it yeah. would be a very quick turnaround. You're, I mean, they would be playing on this golf course in a matter of two, in twice in two months. Yeah. So I mean, I I think those decisions will be made in the coming weeks, obviously, um, because again, to your point, we're two months away. So I would have to think they would need. Um, I I would expect logically probably about a month. Um, at minimum to be able to make that decision and get this place turned around uh, to be able to hold the PGA Championship. Uh, another potential, um, you know, one thing that's been talked about and we've seen this in other leagues is no fans, right? But I, again, I don't, I don't know that that would be a realistic uh, option for a lot of reasons, um, holding a major championship without any fans there, because you're still going to have a, a fair number of people uh, on the ground at the golf course, be it media, players, officials, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not nearly as many as you would if there were no fans, but it would also be an odd look. I think that would the, the preference would probably be, I would have to think, would be to move it rather than do that. So, um, 
but it'll be interesting. We'll, I'll, I'll talk to uh, Commissioner Jay Monahan later this morning, and uh, we may have an update by the time uh, by the time this podcast drops. Yeah. So yeah, the the, and the the coronavirus is is having, um, you know repercussions all over the world people are making changes and doing things and, and changing the way I, I know this week at the um players there's going to be multiple hand washing stations they've added a bunch and they are allowing people usually you can't bring any liquid into the facility they're allowing you to bring in your own hand sanitizer and, and doing all they can to help people stay clean it is an outdoor event which obviously is a lot of fresh air involved but still people from all over the world coming in together and having contact and doing whatnot. A lot of people not shaking hands. They're giving players the option to not sign autographs this week. They've told them they can stay away. Uh, I mean, we have to do what's smart, but at the same time, continue on and have the events while we can. And in other countries like Italy, they've shut the entire country down. Yeah, it's it's quite amazing um, to see uh, in, in a obviously in a in a very sort of concerning way to see the impact that this is having uh, across the world, um, and then you look at the U.S. and it hasn't had we haven't obviously had quite the repercussions uh, that other places have, but um, it is something obviously that the tour is looking at. It's something that PGA of America is looking at. Um, I think certain tournaments. Um, it sounds like the match play championship in Austin, where of course South by Southwest is held every year. Uh, that that match play will go on yes. uh, as of right now. Uh, I don't think that will change. Um, but yeah, it's it's certainly a bizarre, bizarre time we live in at the moment. Is there any chance at all that you've heard of the Masters being affected? You know, I I think uh, no. I uh, I think the short answer there is no. I can't imagine it would be. Um, we have not heard of of um, a lot of cases breaking out there uh, in Georgia. Also, I just I just have not heard anything in terms of them. Um, I don't think the members at Augusta everything. National will yeah. let coronavirus on the sites. I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like I'm, you know I'm sure they have a protective bubble over the place. <laughs> I mean, if you can't find if squirrels, look, I still I covered I think a dozen of those things, and, I, and I've never seen a squirrel on the property. So if uh, if squirrels can't get in, then you know we're we're probably okay. Right. You know, speaking of uh, the tour and, and and everything going on yesterday, a major announcement was made. About the new TV deal. And so how exactly, you are much more well-versed on this. As a fan, how does the new TV deal affect me as a fan? Does it give me more access? Does it give me uh, our, uh, the ability to watch more golf? Because this week, for example, um, maybe we've been uh, remiss in mentioning, this week will be the very first time that a PGA Tour event, you will be able to watch every single shot hit from the opening tee shot on Thursday morning until the final putt drops on Sunday afternoon. There will not be one shot hit that won't be on camera. You'll be able to see it streaming if you have PGA Tour Live. It's the first time they've done this, and I know they're trying to do this more and more. So how does the new TV deal affect me as the fan, and are they trying to give us more access? Yes, in, in short is the answer, because what you'll see, for example, this week, as you mentioned, uh, every shot live, so you'll have the ability to see literally every shot live as it happens uh, on the NBC Sports Gold app. But ultimately, this new TV deal, one of the sort of side notes to it is the fact that the tour will take over production of these events. So what that ultimately means is 
Um, it'll give them the ability to show more in various capacities, various forms, various feeds, various highlight packages. Um, there's really endless possibilities when you think about it because they will literally own as they do and control all of the content and material. Um, that said, they will also control the message. So I'm curious to see um, how this plays out for the viewer. In other words, they are going to present the product um, as they would like it presented. So it's effectively like state television. So what will that ultimately mean when controversial situations arise, be it a rule situation? Uh, you could take Patrick Reed, for example, um, as an extreme example in, in what happened in the Bahamas. Um, you could take some of the post-round commentary as another example. Um, there are all sorts of things, rule situations. So um, I'm very curious to see how it plays out. Um, a side effect, of course, is that I think you'll, uh, you know, this is sort of inside baseball, if you will, or inside golf, is that um, obviously it'll mean a loss of jobs. We've seen the announcement that Golf Channel, for example, will be moving to Connecticut from Orlando, uh, where it'll be absorbed effectively by NBC Sports. Um, all of this said, from a viewer experience, how will it affect the product? I think, as I mentioned, one, it will provide more content. Two, it'll, it will be more controlled content from the tour's perspective, meaning the tour will control the storyline and the message. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in terms of uh, what direction they take that and just how much their fingerprints are on that. Now, will we still get the golf TV stuff that we've been getting? Because golf TV has a deal yes. as well. So we still get that. We still have the deal with Tiger where we're getting post-round interviews yes. and more. So will that continue as well? Yes, that's obviously a separate deal. That will continue. Um, and, of course, for folks outside the United States, that's a way for them to get their golf coverage uh, because NBC Sports, of course, only available in the U.S. So, um, But it, it, I think this is, this is uh, interesting times, certainly from a media perspective in terms of the direction of golf coverage and where it goes from here and ultimately the tour having more control over that. So here we are this week. We've got the Players' Championship. Next week, we move on to the Valspar in Tampa. And then we uh, maybe Macy Tiger there, if not, and maybe the match play. And then the Valero. And then we will get our first major of the year, the Masters. So in closing, Wacker, uh, I'll go first since I'm going to ask you. On here we go. Here. I know where you're going. Prediction. So prediction week. I'm going to go. I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you one sentimental. And I'm going to give you one who I think could be there at the end. My sentimental is I would love to see Billy Horschel win a home game. I would love to see my fellow Gator and friend Billy Horschel get a home game. He lives right down the street from TPC Sawgrass. I'd love to see him get a win. But I do think Tommy Fleetwood is going to be in Ooh. position to play very well this week. And I think Tommy Fleetwood might close the deal that, un, uh, that we weren't able to get closed earlier in the year. So my pick is Tommy Fleetwood. Well, then we then we can everyone can can stop talking about Tommy having never won on the PGA Tour, and that, and I will end that debate. Uh, Correct. As Terrell Hatton did last week. Yeah. It should have happened at the right. Honda, and we just he just listen. We all hit bad golf shots. It happens. He hit a bad golf that, shot, but I respect the fact that he went for it. So I have no problem with with, with Tommy Fleetwood's ending. And, and he'll have won on that PGA Tour. Right. That <laughs> PGA Tour, yeah, Mr. Exactly. Azinger. Yes. Who's your pick? Uh, I'm going to go uh, very traditional here. I'm going to say, uh, 
You know what? I'm going to give you two as well. Okay. I'm going to go Xander Shoffley. Okay. Uh, who is, look, this guy's a big game player. I talked to a number of caddies for an anonymous caddy survey I have coming up. And in terms of fearlessness, that guy's name came up time and time and time again. And as one of the most underrated players in the game, um, big events, he plays well. I'm going to go Xander. And the other pick, I'm going to go Brooks. I'm really? Say Brooks. Yeah. You wow. say he writes the ship, turns it around. I expect him to play well. Well, we'll find out early. In, I mean, listen, this this golf course can bite back really quickly. The second shot on the fourth hole is 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 no gimme shot. Um, I mean, there really is some there's some some hard holes on the, on the front nine. Obviously, the back nine is extremely well documented in 16, 17, and 18. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. It should be a fun week. I love watching this golf tournament on television. I will be there and watching a lot of it in person. And we will be back next week with a post players recap with the champion and who knows maybe we'll be talking about watching tiger woods in the first tournament of the year at the valspar or maybe then we'll have a uh, commitment to the match play in austin so thanks for your time wacker i'll be out at the golf course we have we have a concert tonight by the way the the uh, chain smokers live on 17 yeah big guy uh, for the players getting the chain smokers and a, a non-country act for change. So looking forward to that. That should be fun. Yeah, so bring your glow sticks and your fist pumping. We'll be on the uh, 17th green tonight with the chain smokers. <laughs> it is time for the Players' Championship. This is the Playing Through Podcast. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.